Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. Today's show is going to be a little bit different. We're going to take the whole half hour and we're going to answer questions that people have wanting to know more about who is the Holy Spirit, what is the duties of the Holy Spirit, and we're hoping that Pastor Tom will be able to answer all of those questions for you in this half hour. So let's start off with the very obvious first question of who is the Holy Spirit, Tom? You know, the Holy Spirit, some people call him the shy member of the Trinity because we talk about God the Father a lot, we talk about Jesus a lot, we don't talk as much about the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is just as much God as the Father and as the Son, Jesus is. So, and here's where I get this, Jackie. John chapter four, Jesus says, now God is spirit. In Acts chapter uh, five, uh, uh, he, Peter says to Ananias, you did not lie to, uh, you did not lie to men, but you lied to God you lied to the Holy Spirit. So Peter equates God and the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus' last words on earth, baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So Christians believe that one God exists, but in God are three eternal persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is God. Okay. So then you hear the term Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Is that the same thing? Yes. The Holy Spirit is the same thing as the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is King James... English. Back in the 1600s when they wrote the King James, the spirit was the ghost. That, so the Holy Spirit is not a ghost like that, but the Holy Spirit is a spirit, and that's the way they use the term. And so it came from a Bible translation? Well, it would have come from, yes, New King James English, yeah. Okay. So does everyone have the Holy Spirit? You know, some people think we're all children of God, we all have the Holy Spirit, not according to the Bible. If you read Jude, verse 19, it talks about people who are devoid of the Spirit, in other words, who don't have the Spirit. In Acts chapter 5, it says that the Holy Spirit is given to those who obey God. And in Romans chapter 8, it says, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So no, not everyone has the Holy Spirit, only those who are trusting in Christ have the Holy Spirit. Okay, but so you have to trust in Christ to have the Holy Spirit. Yes. So the gift of the Holy Spirit comes with you trusting? Yes. yes. Okay. In fact, we're going to find out, I think, in another question. The only way you can trust in Christ, though, is by the Holy Spirit. So it's kind of a okay. one package there. So what does it mean exactly when you say grieve the Holy Spirit. Right. It does, you know, he, Jehovah's Witnesses are a cult. They don't, they believe the Father is God, but Jesus isn't and the Holy Spirit isn't. And they think the Holy Spirit is simply a force or a power, but not, a, a, not God. But you know, Jackie, the Bible says you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can't grieve a force. You can only grieve a person. And when we talk about the three persons of the Trinity, we don't mean there are three people up there like you and I, but three persons in the sense that each Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is distinct from each other, 
each is is personal and a real. Uh, so so when we talk about the Holy Spirit being a person and grieving the Spirit, if you look at Ephesians chapter four verse twenty nine, it says, "Don't let rotten words come out of your mouth. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit." So when we let rotten words come out of our mouth, we're grieving the Holy Spirit. Okay. Then I guess my next question, we grieve the Holy Spirit. How about, how does one quench the Holy Spirit? Yeah, now that one is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. It says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not despise prophesying. So if someone is preaching or prophesying the truth of God and you despise that, you are quenching the Spirit. You're putting the Spirit out, in a sense, in your life. Yeah. So it's still the same Holy Spirit, though, mm -hmm. but it, there's different ways you, of offending him. You can quench the Spirit. You can grieve the Spirit. All Christians have the Holy Spirit, but you can stuff him down in your life by, by grieving him. And, you know, I should say again, when I said there aren't three people up there, when we talk about the three persons of the Trinity, I don't want to confuse people. Each person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, has a mind, will, and emotions. God the Father has a mind. Jesus has a mind. The Holy Spirit, they have, they have emotions. You can grieve the Holy Spirit, and they have a will. You know, not my will, but thine be done. So it, 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 what I just mean is there aren't three literal human bodies well, up in heaven. Well, I think people understand God, and they understand that Jesus is the Son of God. Mm -hmm. But I think when it comes to the Holy Spirit is that people don't, clearly understand who the yeah. Holy Spirit and he, is and what part. And that he is God for eternity with the Father and the Son. Yeah. yeah. So some te churches teach that if you have the Spirit, you will speak in tongues. Is this true or necessary? Well, it's, there are uh, some Pentecostal churches that teach that every Christian will speak in tongues if they have the Holy Spirit. And some uh, go so, there, there's a, Pentecostals are normally fine. There's a group called United Pentecostals that are cult-like. You have to speak in tongues to be saved, and they don't believe in the Trinity. They believe only Jesus is God, not the Father and the Spirit. Kind of a strange religion. But Jackie, to be honest, in the book of Acts, people get filled with the Spirit, and they often speak in tongues. That's in there. But to say that you'll always speak in tongues once you get the Holy Spirit, that's not true because of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5. Not all speak in tongues, do they? And the answer to that is no. Some people have this gift, some people have that gift, but not all have the gift of tongues. Would you explain blasphemy? Yeah. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the one unforgivable sin. And Jesus was casting a demon out of a boy, and the Pharisees, who said, well, he cast demons out, but he does it by the prince of demons, the devil. And Jesus said, you've committed the unforgivable sin because you called the Holy Spirit in me the devil. So you need to be careful what you say about the Holy Spirit. So blasphemy is only against the Holy Spirit? That, Jesus said, you know, people can speak a word against me, the Son of Man, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit does not have forgiveness in this life or in the next. So, okay. Yeah. How does a person know if they truly have the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Well, Jesus said you will know them by their fruits. And the fruits of the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 5 is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And not that you're perfect, but do you have those, uh, the, you can spot someone who's filled with the Holy Spirit by their fruits, but they live those fruits. So one way to tell if you have the Holy Spirit is, do you have any of the fruits of the Holy Spirit? 
but you don't necessarily get all of the fruits. Do well, you? Or the, some all people? Of, I think that that's the that's that's the gifts of the Holy. The fruits of the Holy Spirit okay. are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Every Christian should have those to a degree, anyway. Okay. The gifts of the Spirit are speaking in tongues, prophesying, contra, you know, contributing, uh, healing. Uh, uh, interpretation that that is where you don't get all of them you get some one or more but yeah is there some way that you know that you do have the Holy Spirit yeah yes um, let's talk about that how do you know if you've got the Holy Spirit well again look at your fruit do you have love joy peace patience kindness goodness is that in your life at all another test of whether you have the Holy Spirit is can you say and mean that Jesus is Lord? Because Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So if you can say and mean that, that's an evidence. And then one more evidence, Jackie. Paul writes in Romans 8, now the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Do you have an inward knowledge by the Holy Spirit that you are God's child? So how do I know if I have the Spirit? Do you have any of the fruits of the Spirit? Uh, do you know that Jesus is Lord and can you proclaim that? And does the Holy Spirit witness with your spirit that you're a child of God? Those would be the tests. Why is it that we have so much trouble understanding who the Holy Spirit is? Well, part of it is because we preachers don't preach on it enough. I mean, you read, you read the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit's all over the book of Acts, you know. So I think part of it is we need to preach on it more. People need to read the book of Acts. I, I, I love the book of Acts. It's, it's an exciting book. Okay, well, we kind of touched that some of the t churches teach that if you do have the Spirit, you're going to speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. But not everybody does, mm -hmm. and they can still have the Spirit, right? That's my belief. Okay. Some churches that I think this borders on cult-like, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. The Bible, we're saved by the cross of Christ. We're not saved by speaking in tongues. So how does one receive the Holy Spirit? Okay, if somebody's watching this show and you're wondering, how do I know if I have the Holy Spirit? Well, we just answered that, you know, the fruits, the witness uh, internally, and saying Jesus is Lord. But, okay, so how do I make sure I have the Holy Spirit then? How do I receive the Spirit? Yeah, that's... Well, yep, and Peter said, Acts chapter 2, Repent and be baptized, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if you've never been baptized, I would call the pastor of a nearby church and say, Pastor, I need to be baptized. So that's one way. Another way to receive the Spirit, Jesus said in Luke 11, How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So if you've never asked God, fill me with your Holy Spirit, you ask for the fullness of the Spirit. And then uh, it says in Galatians chapter 3 that we receive the, the gift of the Spirit through faith. So by putting your faith in Christ as your Savior, you're receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 8, and this is kind of an exception, I think, they got the Holy Spirit by the laying on of the apostles' hands. The apostles put their hands on the Samaritans, and that's when they got the, the gift of the Spirit. But the main thing is, Jackie, get baptized. That's a big deal in the New Testament. Is the Holy Spirit still relevant today, um, or does with the way things have changed in that, is there a new revelation about the Holy Spirit? Oh, Jackie, we have to be very I mean, when you see a group which has added a book to the Bible, and they say it's the Holy, like when you, the Mormons, 
say that Joseph Smith got the Book of Mormon and they add a second book to the Bible. Or the Christian scientists say that Mary Baker Eddy's Key to Science in the Scriptures or whatever it's called, it's another book that really helped. No, any group that adds a book to the Bible, you got to be careful because the Holy Spirit does not give new revelation. That doesn't mean he doesn't guide us and lead us in life, but if somebody's adding another book to the Bible, something's wrong. Well, I mean, lifestyles have changed from the time of Jesus being a man on earth yeah. in that, and being accepting the fact that he also is in part the Holy Spirit. I think you have people that abuse the... Oh, Jackie. The reformers, Luther, Calvin, were, were big on that the Holy Spirit ties himself to the written word of God. Otherwise, you can make, it, it, I mean, what, what, it, what they meant by that is the Holy Spirit does not, not contradict what he's already revealed. The Holy Spirit inspired the writing of the Bible. So the Holy Spirit is not going to contradict the Bible. I'm not making this up, Jackie. There's an ELCA Lutheran pastor who's very liberal, very in favor of the homosexuality, transgender, I'm not making this up. She's starting a church called the Church of St. Jezebel. You know who Jezebel was? The most evil woman in the Old Testament? This woman thinks that we are pushing people to the edges of the church. She wants to involve everybody. Premarital sex is fine, according to her. Um, homosexual sex is fine. This is a Lutheran pastor in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And you might say, well, she doesn't represent all that church. Okay, but they don't do anything. Are they doing anything to stop her? Not to our knowledge. You can almost teach anything these days in some of these liberal churches. And you know what? Somebody How did the ELCA come about to get so... Um, it, it, mixed up as far as for right. what doctrine? We'll, we'll say it again. The Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the, uh, the United Church of Christ, that's the most liberal of all of them, the Episcopal Church in America, the Presbyterian Church USA, and now the Disciples of Christ, all these churches ordain practicing homosexuals now. Some of them teach that Jesus is not necessary to believe in him for salvation. Uh, some of them are pro-abortion rights, they even pay for abortions with offering dollars. It's become so evil, Jackie, because... The Holy Spirit is telling them to do these things. They use the Holy Spirit. They're blaming the Holy Spirit. You know, when I, I remember, Jackie, when the Lutherans vote, the ELCA Lutherans vote, uh, before they voted to uh, endorse homosexual behavior, the United Church of Christ president came, spoke to the convention, and, and somebody got to the microphone and said, why did the UCC vote to ordain practicing homosexuals? You know his response? The Holy Spirit led us to do that. I went up to him privately afterwards. I said, I wonder if you didn't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit didn't lead, a spirit led you to do that. Wasn't the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, people are blaming the Holy Spirit for these horrible things that they've invented in their own mind. Which is again why we have to test everything against Scripture. Because the Holy Spirit does not contradict what he's already inspired in the Word of God. Okay, so we've, we've talked about the Holy Spirit being a part of the of the Godhead, Trinity, uh -huh. the Trinity. Is the Holy Spirit still relevant today to give new revelation? No. Again, that's what. That's why we reject Mormonism. Okay. We reject Christian Science. Any any group which adds a book to the Bible is not of God. Okay. Then a lot of people say that the Holy Spirit spoke to them. How can you distinguish 
a person's thoughts or my thoughts yep. and the voice of the Holy Spirit. Okay. I think that, you know, it, it's so easy to kind of turn things around and yep. blame a part of the Godhead sure. for what's happening. Okay, so Jackie, let's say you have a dream tonight that you and Fred are supposed to move to California. Then you wake up. Well, was that from God, the Holy Spirit, or was that pizza? <laughs> and uh, here's how I test it. Number one, you test everything against Scripture. Does the Bible tell you what to do about that? Well, on that one, it kind of doesn't. You know, it doesn't say move to California, but it doesn't say don't. So, uh, but, every, but test the Scripture. If, if, if the Bible is telling Fred to, to move to California to become a playboy photographer, we know the Bible is not going to say yes to that. So test everything against Scripture. And then, Jackie, take that dream and bounce it off others. It says in, in uh, Proverbs 11, in an abundance of counselors, there's victory. So you go to your girlfriends or your Christian friends or your pastor. And, you know, I had this dream. I'm supposed to move to California. Do you think that's from the Lord? So bounce it off of others. Uh, a third thing you can do James chapter 1 says, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him pray in faith, and, and God will grant you wisdom. So you pray, Lord, was that from you, or was that pizza? Or, you know, what's going on here? Um, so, and, and just, again, test it against Scripture, bounce it off of others, and then um, just claim James chapter 1, God, I, I trust you're going to show me what to do, and then wait on the Lord. So, is the Lord God going to distinguish between our thoughts and the voice of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I think this is a hard thing for me to grasp. Uh -huh. Is is this the voice of God, or is this from the Holy Spirit, and or is it like you said from pizza? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll, I'll give you a quick story here. I'm in college. We have a Baptist pastor who was kind of our pastor at college, and he uh, said that one night he learned a lesson he's never forgotten. There was a girl in his church who was dying. They had a Wednesday night prayer meeting for that girl. And he said, we had such a sense that God was going to do a miracle and heal that little girl. And I don't know if he said we claimed it. We just knew God was going to heal her. And he said the next morning she was dead. And he said, I learned an important lesson not to confuse my emotions with the Holy Spirit. And I'm afraid a lot of that goes on, especially in some of the charismatic churches. I mean, Jackie, I knew a charismatic woman that went to my church, and Tom, the Lord told me that Lorraine is not going to die. Well, then Lorraine died. And then she comes back uh, an another week. Well, the Lord told me Lorraine's alive in heaven. And I'm thinking, yeah, but that's not what you said. <laughs> we just got some people, and they're sincere, and they're not trying to be mean or evil, but they confuse their emotions with the Holy Spirit, which, which you can't do. How did the Holy Spirit suffer all the different things that people today think yeah. the Holy Spirit is? I, I mean, where did we lose track of what, who the Holy Spirit truly is? Mm -hmm. I think any time you start thinking that you know the truth and no other Christians do. I, we get emails from people, Jackie, who say, Pastor Brock, I don't go to church anymore because no church understands the Bible properly. And it's like, I do, but nobody else does. And I write those people back and I say, Hebrews 10 commands you to be in a church. And if you think you're too smart or too good or too holy for the church, think again. And you know what else I notice? These people that don't go to church because the church is an error and I'm not, then you, then you listen to what they believe, they get off. So I think 
people who think they have the Holy Spirit and they don't need the church, we need the church because the church has, has, is the way we read the Bible together. So what exactly does the Holy Spirit do okay. in our lives? Yeah, what does the Spirit do in our lives? We could do a whole show on this, but let well, me... let's yeah. kind of go through it, what though, because... What do we got? Seven I, minutes. <laughs> I think this is probably the hardest thing to understand, yep. even as a Christian. Right. So let me list for you about seven things the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Number one, the Holy Spirit con converts us. Do you know that you did not convert you? I did not convert me. I get this from 1 Corinthians 12. Again, Paul says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And then Titus chapter 3, God saved us by the washing of regeneration in the Holy Spirit. So if you're a, a saved believer now, that's because the Holy Spirit did what he did to Lydia. It says the Lord opened Lydia's heart to receive the things said by St. Paul. So, uh, and, and Martin Luther, if I can quote him from the 1500s, uh, talking about the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the Holy Spirit. What does this mean? This means I do not believe that I can, by my own reason or strength, come to my Lord Jesus Christ and believe in him, but the Holy Spirit has, you know, uh, given me the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, etc. So it's the, the first thing the Spirit does is he converts us. Okay. So there's, No, there's about six more, but go ahead. Okay, that's probably where I'm heading. All right. What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Okay, now Spirit? that's different. The, uh, that, okay, that'll be at the end. Let me zip you through the other one. All right, so the Holy Spirit converts us. Okay. The second thing the Holy Spirit does, he convicts us. Uh, Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin. So when you sin and you feel convicted, that's the Holy Spirit convicting you of your sin. But we've said this before on the show, after you've asked for forgiveness through Christ, if you still feel guilt, that's not the Holy Spirit anymore. That's the devil trying to get you under condemnation. So confess your sin once and then claim forgiveness and ignore guilt feelings after that. Uh, so he converts us, he convicts us. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power and become my witnesses. So Jackie, the Holy Spirit helps us witness to people. He, he, he helps us tell people about Christ. Another thing the Holy Spirit does, he helps us be obedient. Ezekiel 36 says, I will put my spirit within you. I will cause you to walk in my statutes. Uh, another thing the Holy Spirit does is he gets us through life. In John chapter 14, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the paraclete. The, par the word paraclete is a Greek word call meaning the called alongside one. So God sends the Holy Spirit to be along our side. And I've had widows say, you know, Pastor Tom, during that funeral and during my husband's illness, it was like the Holy Spirit. I could feel God carrying me through that. That's the Holy Spirit. Okay. And I think there's one last thing the Holy Spirit does that we're talking about. Um, uh, well, he teaches us, but the one you're getting to, he gives every Christian a spiritual gift. So now let's talk about what your question that, was. My question is, yeah. how does a person discover what their gift is? Right. Or right. is it a, something that just comes and you automatically mm -hmm. feel that mm -hmm. you have this yeah. gift? Let's talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Every Christian has at least one gift of the Holy Spirit. So There are 19 of them. Let me list them real quick. Speaking, serving, prophesying, teaching, helping, administration, encouraging, contributing, leadership, evangelism, mercy, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, uh, hospitality. Every Christian has at least one of those gifts. You may have more. And, and the job is to discover what your gifts are and to use those gifts to serve the Lord. Uh, because, you know, Jackie, 
you know, sometimes now and then I'll go to a, I'll visit a church, and no offense, but the preaching is so horribly boring. And then you go back next week, and it's still boring. It's not like he had a bad Sunday. It's bad every, and you wonder, did this guy miss his calling? Is he supposed to be up there preaching? And, and uh, so Jackie, and uh, it, it'd be like, if you put me in charge of the finances of the pastor's study ministry, this thing wouldn't last for a week. I, my, my bank book is not balanced for years. But we have a, a volunteer by the name of Dale. He runs all of our finances. It's his gift. So the, the, the trick is, if you want to call it that, discover what the Holy Spirit has gifted you to do and do that, not something that he didn't gift you to do. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to take this to a really question that probably a child would ask because we see the Holy Spirit always comes in the form of a dove. Mm -hmm. Can you explain, yeah. is the Holy well, Spirit a dove or yeah. how, do you, how do you answer that question yes. when you're going through a storybook with yes. a child or something <laughs> or a Bible book? Well, the, the, yeah, the Holy Spirit once appears as a dove and it's when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and the Spirit comes in the form of a dove, I believe it says. So is the Holy Spirit a dove? No. Is the Holy Spirit the wind? Because the Holy Spirit came as the wind in Acts chapter 2 on Pentecost when the disciples got filled with the Spirit. So no, the Holy Spirit is not a dove. He's not the wind. But he appeared temporarily in that form. And I guess we have to look at it and say Jesus could appear in any form that mm -hmm. he chose. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. you know. Okay, can you explain what is the paraclete? The word paraclete is a Greek word, parakletos, and again it means the called alongside one. So when you, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit, he's the one who comes along our side and comforts us and gives us grace. But Jackie, back to a question you asked earlier, how do I know which of those 19 gifts is my gift? You know, you pray about it. Lord, what are my gifts? And then you ask other Christians, is preaching my gift? And if you get a lot of sorry but no offense you're no good at that or if I asked you Jackie or Tom Jackie do you think I should run the finances then you need to politely say no thanks and you know sometimes somebody will sing a solo in the church and you're going ouch you need to not encourage people where they're really not gifted <laughs> okay does the Holy Spirit ever leave a person or do you have the Holy Spirit until the time that you grieve him well, no, because we can all grieve the Spirit. Spirit. I, my understanding is this. When the Holy Spirit comes into a Christian's heart, he's there to stay. You can grieve him. You can stuff him down. But when you're believing in Christ, the Holy Spirit is always there. Now, Jackie, however, in the Old Testament, it says the Spirit left Saul. Okay. And an evil spirit from the Lord came and tormented Saul. So in the Old Testament, Saul lost the Holy Spirit. I think in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit came in a different way than he came in the Old Testament. We've only got a f 20 seconds left, but I want to know, what does the Bible mean when it says we're sealed with the Holy Spirit? It means like God has put, the old in, in uh, Roman times, the king would put a seal, and it means that's my letter. God put his seal of the Holy Spirit on, meaning he owns you now. God bless him for doing that. <laughs> huh? Thanks for being with us this week. We pray that God would be with you, granting you his richest blessings until we're all together again next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? 
you may do so at pastorstudy.org or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.